0: Welcome to the Menu Bar. I'm Zach Saichi and my co-host is Andrew J. Clark. Hope you enjoyed our episode last week with ex-art director of Nine Inch Nails, Rob Sheridan.
1: When we were teasing new albums, we sometimes they'd, like, they'd start digging into the directory structure of our website and finding files that weren't meant to go public, right? So we're like, okay, okay, you fuckers, we're going to plant a bunch of bullshit in here.
0: That one was a lot of fun to record. And if you're new to the show, be sure to go to the menu.bar slash subscribe and subscribe to our show. You'll be able to get access to all past, present, and future episodes of The Menu Bar. And if you enjoy the content that we're bringing you, you can go to patreon.com slash themenubar. Help us uh, keep the lights on by just leaving a tip in the jar. Thank you this week we have a really deep conversation with christian transhumanist micah redding to discuss how each of us kind of came to our own individual belief structures micah's attraction to christian transhumanism uh, how denial can set in in institutional settings the ever-present need for a deeper interpretation ways christianity agrees with things like buddhism and other religions how religion has been disrupted by technology and how cooperation and conversations can spring the cosmos to life. This is episode 25, Religion Disrupted, with Micah Redding.
1: Welcome to the Menu Bar, a place to relax, talk tech, and drink. I'm uh, I'm sitting here drinking uh, decaf coffee late at night, at least late at night my time. So that's uh, that's good good evening for me. The bar is open all night.
0: Yeah. What time is it there? Is 10 p.m. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just when I typically operate as a human being, honestly. But <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I'm not saying that's a healthy thing.
1: Uh, it's definitely my instinct. Like, I, I really. I mean, if I weren't um, married and, you know, whatever, I would probably be on some kind of a weird 36-hour uh, life cycle where I just stayed up, you know, in, until 4 a.m. most of the time. Yeah. So, like, the, the night is, like, my kind of natural habitat. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just get two to four hours of sleep and then I'm good. No, actually, I'm not good, but <laughs> eventually eventually, it turns out that you can right. die or go to the hospital, but, you know. Like, like you
2: said, it's a 36-hour life cycle, like you are born and you pupate yeah. like a caterpillar and right, then exactly. recede into darkness.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. That's it. Yeah, actually, I mean... Uh, um, I, I used to, I mean, part of, part of the thing is I like, used to just hate to go to sleep because it was like, I was closing down and giving up the, on the day, you know, like I was, I was letting go of all the possibilities or something. So I really kind of <laughs> clung to staying awake as long as I could oh, for I exactly that reason. Yeah.
0: No, I, my brain never turns off as a problem. It runs at like 100 miles a minute, and I've always yeah. got a th- you know, so many things in my head that I need to be yeah. doing. You know, I think I need to be doing, right? Right,
1: yes, <laughs> exactly.
2: I'm having a vision of me being asked by like, a doctor in the future as you two are being committed, like, well, <laughs> did, were there any signs <laughs> that things were amiss? Like, well, what's this nonsense of them like, not sleeping? Do you think that was it? Did right. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: break from reality? yeah Mm. the things that led to it
0: well yeah uh so how are you how are you doing micah is having a good
1: night yeah yeah pretty good um (laughs) for a wednesday yeah i just uh got done with this conference so i'm like in a totally different uh i've I've been organizing a conference for the last two months and now i just did it and now i'm like in the the recovery period so i'm 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 good i'm uh flying free and uh, flipping end over end. I don't know. I don't know where I am right now. So. <laughs> what was what was this conference? Yeah, this is the Christian Transhumanist Conference, our first ever. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we, you know, it's a o- kind of online uh, discussion for the most part, and we decided to make it local here in Nashville, Tennessee. And so over the course of two months, basically, uh, I put together this conference conference, Uh, uh, you know, made it happen with a lot of volunteers, and um, it was an incredible experience. Um, And it was great. Um, And I, but yeah, I I haven't been sleeping uh, (laughs) uh, uh, for for you know weeks and weeks. Uh, So just now, kind of like you know, recovering from it. And and, then and then we ask you to come on a podcast at ten p.m. (laughs) Right? Hey, buddy. (laughs) No, you're not busy at the moment. So. But no, now I'm good. Now I'm good. Sorry I mean, that. our
0: timing was apparently pretty good because you just did this mm-hmm. first big conference. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How did it go? Like, it did what? Lay it out for us.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it was. Uh, from my perspective, it was fantastic. Um, we had so our keynote speaker was Aubrey de Grey, who is uh, the scientist working to kind of extend human life at, for hundreds or thousands of years, yeah. and. Um, So we brought him in and, um, and then we had just a variety of people from, uh, like theologians to cyborg, uh, theorists, AI researchers, and just kind of had this big, uh, conversation and, um, you know, it was just, um, it was a lot of fun. It was really crazy. We had no idea how many people would show up going into it, but, you know, we had, uh, I don't know, like 130, um, there and, um, that we were at capacity. I mean, we were, you know, we were standing room and we did not, you know, we did not know that that was how it was going to be. Um, and so it was, um, it was great. And there, it was a really high energy and, um, uh, we had, uh ai themed music uh just like things just came together and i don't know if you've ever been involved in putting together a live event but it is the craziest and riskiest thing in the world because everything just goes wrong and somehow a lot of things went right pretty much everything went right and i don't know how that that has never happened in history so (laughs) (laughs) so it's a sign i don't know but um but it it was this seems dangerous
2: this seems like courting with disaster (laughs) <laughs>
1: but it was fantastic. And then yeah. earthquake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it was it was uh, fantastic and and I got such great feedback from it and a lot of people I've just um, been thrilled to kind of keep the conversation going after this. So I'm excited for, you know, what, what comes next. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year cause I just want to always be doing, <laughs> doing something like this. So, wow. yeah, that's great.
2: Are there any resources produced from it? Like did you video any of the talks or anything?
1: Yeah. So we did, uh, we videoed the whole thing. Um, it will take, take us a while to put all that together and get it ready for release. Um, And I mean, everything is volunteer at at this point. Like, um, so everybody, who, everybody who showed up, all the, all the speakers, um, all of our people, everybody was a volunteer. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, we recorded the whole thing. We'll be putting that out. Um, I think we, we'll get some, uh, decent press coverage from it. Um, it was great. Um, and, um, and so that'll be, you know, that'll be a thing that we kind of can get to carry forward is like the, these videos of these, Pretty unique and remarkable talks uh, for one thing. Yeah, great. Yeah, I can't wait
0: to see all that. And um, I feel like we should probably back up a second because this is going to sure. be a little jarring for our, our audience. Although <laughs> probably not at this point. Maybe not our audience, but <laughs> not our audience. Uh-huh. But so uh, maybe we should back up and just talk a little bit about. Okay, so you know, Andrew and I we're not we're not Christian. Right. But we, I think we mutually maybe share a fascination with religion in general. And we've yeah. wound up talking quite an extensive amount on this show about <laughs> spirituality and about religion. Um, yeah. So real quick, I think it'd be good for Andrew and I to maybe talk a little bit about like our backgrounds with um, yeah religion and spirituality. And then we'll jump to you, and we'll kind of just get into some of this stuff. Um, yeah. So for me personally... I um, I grew up in a family that we weren't religious, uh, but my mom had she she was interested in like everything from like aliens to conspiracy theories and like all this kind of kind of wacky stuff and uh, influ has influenced me quite a bit to this day. Which <laughs> what do you mean, Zach? I, I <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, but she had a general. So she grew up Catholic, and so like. You know, she believed loosely in God, and my dad kind of believed loosely in God, but we didn't ever go to church. We never, you know, formally had a religion, and we were kind of allowed to, you know, explore that stuff on our own, and so I did. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in my teens or whatever, I started asking a lot of the really big—actually, a lot earlier, I started asking the big (laughs) questions. But in in my later teens, I started, you know, reading and trying to research and trying to find out, you know, just who the heck I am in this world. And I still don't have a clue, but um, you know. So I guess the way I've described myself on this show is like uh, I'm like an atheist with benefits, and what, what I mean by what I mean by this is I I don't tend to fall into the um, the. The hard atheist camp you know where mm. there 's just like nothing, but i also i 'm not really agnostic either, but i also don 't really like <laughs> so i've just i 've just decided to call it Atheist with benefits i it 's like a way of kind of shutting the door for people that go door to door
1: right <laughs> nice nice <laughs> um,
0: and it 's not you know it 's nothing personal it 's just i 'm a busy guy i don 't really kind of have time, and I think about this stuff right. a lot already. Um, So it's a way to, like, basically kind of communicate. The door is open maybe to the right people that want to have the, you know, like certain, you know, the right, maybe the right conversations. Right. Um, But anyway, so that's that's me. That's my wacky, weird background with religion and spirituality. Andrew?
2: (laughs) I mean, that's hard to top, but uh, give it a a swing. Uh Give Uh it a swing. (laughs) So, my parents uh, were super atheistic, highly scientific, rational, you know, fairly well educated. So, I just grew up, you know, reading books about nature and science. And in my upbringing, there was a fair amount of scorn of religion. Like, that would be like, oh, that's what those ridiculous neighbors are doing, and, you know, rah, rah, rah. rah, (laughs) Like, you know, there's a lot. Right. You know exactly what I mean. Um, Pointing out the most extreme elements of a sort of group of people as like evidence of the rot within all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that didn't really shift very much for a long time. Um, but then a couple of years ago, I started traveling around the world, had my big woo-woo adventures, uh, various illicit drugs. Um, and that sort of brought me to this <laughs> much more open uh, place where yeah. I am very interested in the idea of God and the universe and consciousness and the fabrication that is identity and a sense of you um, right. I like a bit of meditation. I like a bit of I Ching. I'll I'll, I'll mm. fancy a crystal from time to time, <laughs> but I don't have a word to describe what it is. So I just call it hippy dippy woo woo because that seems all encompassing. <laughs> because it's not like I it's not like I don't understand science anymore, but I'm just really interested in how all of this stuff sort of fits together the mystery right yeah and the sense yeah and like so what the hell is consciousness like what is it really because we're science is getting making some progress towards it but an unsatisfying kind of progress so i'm right. sort of like there's a big question mark next to what i would sort of call any of that uh, there's definitely some buddhist and hindi hindu sort of tendencies to it but even then that's kind of going slightly too far hmm
0: mm-hmm
1: all right. Well, Micah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you want me to talk about kind of my background, I guess? Um, yeah. Like,
0: how did you come to be? I mean, a, a Christian transhumanist is kind of a rare breed. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, maybe not. We'll find out.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. let's find out if it is
1: actually, because I don't really <laughs> even know. So. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, so I grew up as a preacher's kid um, in a pretty fundamentalist uh, religious group. Um and so we kind of moved all over the the united states um just kind of from church to church um and as as my dad preached at you know all these different small churches um on the coast and kind of rural america and in the south and all this and um i mean the the basic thing of of our Uh, faith tradition was you got to study for yourself because the theory was just like, Oh, you just open the Bible, you read it, you do exactly what it says. And that's what we're all doing. Um, And so you've got to just study this and figure it out. Um, And so I took that really seriously and I kind of, um, took that maybe uh, a little farther than, than people expected (laughs) me to. (laughs) And, um, and ended up in some places that uh, my Sunday school teachers weren't expecting. Um, And so (laughs) I was, I mean, I was reading a lot of like uh, science and philosophy and theology and, um, and, you know, atheist. Uh, writings from a pretty young age. And so like at age 12, I was like, you know, maybe I'm going to become an atheist because, um, everybody else who reads this stuff does. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and so, um, you know, so I, I really grappled with it, and it wasn't. Uh, I I never did become an atheist, but it, it was. But I also couldn't just kind of write off those sort of criticisms and arguments and that kind of you know the the rationalist scientific worldview either. Um, and so you know so that so I've been. Um, You know, I I usually tell people I've been kind of in a rolling deconstruction, like faith, you know, faith (laughs) crisis, like ever since. Um, And uh, but one of the things that um, that I kind of encountered as a young teenager was um, I kind of. Got through like people like C.S. Lewis and, and so forth, like plugged into uh, a, a deeper part of the Christian tradition, kind of outside of the maybe American fundamentalist world. Um, and and uh, the deeper I kind of plugged into like what historic Christianity was about, the more I realized it actually cared a lot about the material world and the body and all this kind of stuff, and um, and that really made me realize like oh like Christianity is not just about kind of getting to heaven and you know escaping earth and going somewhere else it's actually about kind of transforming the material universe and as soon as I realized that I realized that science and technology had this huge role to play in what Christianity actually was in its deepest kind of tradition um and that's when i started encountering uh secular transhumanists and realized i was the same as them um so I, I would assume that your audience is not terribly familiar with transhumanism is that do you think i'm i'm right or wrong about that we have no way of
0: knowing we have no way of knowing i would say that anybody who has uh, followed this show up to this point is weird mm. enough to be open to it <laughs> Uh
2: Sure. (laughs) Let's call them Uh, trans-curious. Yeah. (laughs) Trans-curious.
1: There you go. So, um, yeah, so I actually encountered, like, transhumanists um, online back in the 90s when I was, like, this nerdy uh, kid living in rural Oklahoma, right? So there was, like, nobody in town who was thinking about, um, you know, science and technology and the future of humanity. And I started encountering these people who were you know i would i would define transhumanism as using science and technology to transform what it means to be human and um, and so yeah, that could mean everything from getting us off the planet permanently to curing disease to extending our lifespan to hundreds or thousands of years using genetic engineering to upgrade our bodies, make us stronger, faster, smarter, interfacing us with computers, all all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's what transhumanism is. And you know what I realized through you know my studies that actually I felt like Christianity was pointing us in the same direction um and what I realized is uh, that other that secular transhumanists did not think that <laughs> that was the case. Right. <laughs> uh, that most transhumanists uh, are are very secular. Most transhumanists are pretty anti-religious, um, and so most transhumanists had a pretty dismissive attitude towards uh, towards faith and so forth. And so, yeah, I was a really strange uh, strange <laughs> uh, species at that point in
2: time. <laughs> you are on the right show, my friend. Yes, you are. <laughs>
1: that's right.
0: Let me tell you why I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security. It's easy to set up and ready for any situation. Let's just say that an intruder cuts your phone line or a really bad storm takes out your power. Simply Safe is ready. Simply Safe is ready even if someone destroys your keypad or siren. Those might seem like worst case scenarios, but that's what makes Simply Safe Home Security such a great product. It's always ready. Most home security systems with this level of protection cost an arm and a leg. But Simply Safe is doing something different by making real protection affordable for anyone. They give 24/7 professional monitoring at just 14.99 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. I even set up one of these for my dad recently, and it couldn't have been a better experience. Go to simplysafe.com/menu right now to get started. That's simplysafe.com/menu to protect your home and family today. simplysafe.com Slash menu, thank you, and back to the show. I mean the thing that immediately jumps out at me is something that I've talked to uh, Andrew quite a bit about is the fact that uh, people who are really into the singularity, people like Ray Kurzweil right. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of our audience that's probably read the singularity is near like uh, people have yeah. a have a you know loose idea of like what transhumanism is but the thing that uh, that jumps out at me all the time when I look at like Google is they're kind of this religious company because they mm. believe they, they <laughs> right like you can mm, it, yeah. there's a lot of similarities uh, between you know believing in something like the singularity um, Right. And, say, believing in, like, revelation or believing in, you know... Right. Yeah, Christian doctrine. uh, They don't see it that way. But when you kind of step outside all of it, it's like, these things are extremely similar. And you (laughs) are still taking these great leaps of faith uh, Mm -hmm. to kind of get there. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, my criticism, I guess, of that kind of ideology inside a company like Google is... uh, Well... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to criticize religion per se, but, you know, it can become any anything um, that can become pathological. Right. Um, Or fundamental or like so fundamentalist that it, you know, starts shutting doors. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, narrowing uh, their focus to the point that they're sort of excluding everything else. Like something that, you know, Google is accused of all the time is they just they don't have a very human approach to things. Right. So like the humanity is kind of missing now, if. Google were a Christian transhumanist <laughs> company, <laughs> uh-huh. I would actually I would actually kind of feel better about their direction because mm. they, what you're kind of talking about is sort of blending the the humanity with the uh, with the rest of it, which I think is really actually super fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, it, what bring what transhumanism in, invites is um, a question about uh, values and vision and ethics, because yeah, we're talking about like, okay, here's, we're going to unleash all this technological power. Well, the question is, okay, well, where, where are we going with that? Right? Like what, what kind of world are we building? Um, what kind of, um, ethics are we using to get there? What kind of values are we going to find once we get there? Right? Like what are we, what get, what gets left out? (laughs) Um, Hmm. And I, I think that's something you're, that's behind what you're pointing to, which is that um, a lot of these visions of okay, we're gonna head towards the singularity, or we're gonna head towards you know this particular future, um, they feel very very thin, maybe very um, mechanistic or something like that, and you're like, well, right. where's the where's the humanity in that? Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's a that's a weakness of a lot of this st- stuff is that it, it, it really maybe doesn't sufficiently grapple with, like, what we value and what we care about in human experience and making sure we're actually looking to um, increase that and preserve it and not, you know, accidentally just kind of trample it over on the way to the future.
2: <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing I've observed <laughs> uh, in like Twitter communities and online and just with my sort of peers who do have a fairly atheistic bent is that they kind of see the things that make them human as, as not so good. Like they kind of want to Mm -hmm. crush their feelings. They want to say, no, emotion Mm -hmm. in the heart is just all nonsense and, and woo woo, woo woo jibba jabber. It's all, all rational. We should be able to, we should be able to make like a computer that can decide all moral decisions. Right. But that seems pathological to me, like in that it's too extreme Mm -hmm. and it leaves out the, the things that actually make us human, which are the good things like, you know, empathy and invention and love and curiosity. But we have a whole lot of people who are just not interested in that stuff and they do want to become... They just want to become their iPhone.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Well, and I think that comes from... uh, You know, they're they're looking at um, I mean, it's the same thing as looking at a spreadsheet and saying, "Okay, we need these numbers to go up. Right. (laughs) Um, And um, and that's great. Um, You you want things to be more profitable and so forth, but you you only want them to. Do that if that also means a number of other things. So when we when we leave some things out of that spreadsheet, then you know we end up with a business plan that um, ultimately is like destructive to you know the people who are part of that company, and um, and so that's a danger w- when we go into you know technological movements and so forth it is easy to really leave stuff out and be like yeah what if we just had more computing power you know but that's not the only variable we should be looking at um and maybe you know i I, I I think it's a, it is a variable we should be looking at, but, but we have to take into account all those other things. And so that, that thing of, of saying like, we need to have love and compassion and cooperation at the core of our future, uh, that's a lot of what. I do. That's a lot of the conversations that I am in, involved in is trying to make a case for why why love actually matters and it's not just kind of a fluffy <laughs> thing that we that we talk about, you know, in in uh, romantic comedies, but it actually is important in a real way uh, in the real world. A lot of the you know Christians and and Catholics that I uh,
0: I, I kind of talk to um, pretty regularly seem to have this. <laughs> what is your life, Zach? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk to a diverse <laughs> set of people, man. Uh, but like, you know, they they seem to have this um, very kind of cynical, down, kind of dark point mm. of view about yeah. about the current reality, yeah. and <clears throat> I can understand it to some extent. But this is this is also part of my problem with that, you know, that aspect of of uh, Christianity or with uh, Catholicism is yeah. this sense that everything is just sort of leading to this point where revelation will happen, everything is prophecy and we're all just kind of heading toward that direction eventually every every you know the whole planet's going to get wiped out or whatever and the people that get saved will be saved and that's sort of it. Right. And so I'm assuming that you have a very maybe different interpretation of of Christianity and I'm very curious about this.
1: Yeah. um, So, yeah, I I would say that that kind of pessimistic um, look at the future, which is very pervasive in America um, right right now. And, um, you know, that that sense that there there essentially is no future. Um, American Christianity, for some reason, has gotten kind of on that. Um, bandwagon, and it hasn't always been the case. Uh, it, it, you know, it didn't used to be the case earlier in American history. American Christians used to have a very um, optimistic view of the future, um, and and so I think what what's happened is is people, have, for various cultural reasons and social reasons, have gotten themselves locked into some pretty bad interpretations of Scripture, and and so they're reading this biblical story and they're reading it in a really dark way um and um you know i i would say there's a lot to unpack there and there's a lot of interesting kind of angles on that but but the the basic thing is that a lot of american christians really view things very escapist kind of like what you said like there's you know we're we're kind of pessimistic about the earth but it's all going to burn and we're going to go somewhere better that kind of thing. Right. Um but that's actually, you know, at the heart of the the New Testament and the Christian scriptures, Jesus teaches his uh, his followers to pray, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Um and that's the opposite of, of that whole idea, right? It's, <laughs> it's the opposite of the pessimism that is so pervasive in, in some parts of Christianity. It's that, in fact, the whole idea of, of humanity in the world and the, the purpose of the Christian religion is to bring about a good future for the earth in which earth itself looks like heaven. That's the, that's the picture Jesus gives his followers. Yeah, yeah but what did he know? Right, right. He he was a little too, uh, yeah, hippy-dippy. He was too close to the situation. Yeah, that's right. Um, But actually, if you read Revelation, there's a lot of of crazy imagery in it, but it actually ends the same way. Um, If you look at the very end... Uh, there's this picture of the New Jerusalem, which um, is coming down from heaven to earth. Um, and it's and what the New Jerusalem is, is it's this vast city uh, that is as big as the ancient world. It gives these crazy measurements for it. And its gates are always open. And it's this... This organic technological human city that's bursting with life, and so it's this vision of like the the uh, ecosystem and our our human technology and humanity itself just kind of living in this incredibly vibrant open ended expansive way, and there is no end point it's it's actually telling us that that's the start of the real thing, which is us spreading out kind of goodness and life into the rest of the universe and it, it doesn't really matter whether you read it literally or figuratively it's the same vision and um and that's the crazy thing is that this is the most optimistic most open ended uh kind of picture of the the future of humanity that i can imagine and it's right there in the scripture but it's the it's exactly the thing that people overlook and they just look at all the you know the other kind of like scary images that pop up in the book of revelation
2: why do you think americans are so kind of keen on ignoring that version of it or sort of, you know, kind of seeing the dark side of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the, this is the thing with scripture. You always see what you want to see, uh, you know, and you, you always overlook the things that you, you want to overlook. Cause it's, um, I mean, we do that with everything we read. Right. And, and the, the thing is that when you read, um, when you read, things like that which are which are in the both the old testament and the new testament it's a kind of literature that is showing you different kinds of possibilities it's like here's what could happen if you go down this road here's what could happen if you go down that road right and and it's telling you that to so that you can choose the good road (laughs) you know like don't don't choose the bad road uh to this dystopia choose the good road to you know this much better world um and we miss that because we um i don't know we we have given up hope it's a lot of work to actually believe that you know positive (laughs) change is possible um so it's easier to believe that well things are just going to go really bad and then one day you know we're going to get out of here but everybody else is going to burn or something (laughs) very nihilistic (laughs) Yeah, it is really, it it is. And I, and I think it's, this is why I said like, it's the opposite of, um, of what the, the deepest part of the Christian tradition is about, but it's also, it's a quite provocative idea that we're going to change the world and make it significantly better. That's a scary idea if you're a person in power. Um, and so, historically there's been a lot of um a lot of movement to kind of tame christianity and to say uh we're not really so concerned about you know changing the current world to be better um let's just wait for you know for that to happen <laughs> eventually some <laughs> sometime <laughs> please continue coming to church in the meantime
2: right exactly yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, something that uh, we also have gotten into, we did an entire episode about something called integral theory. Um, And what attracted me initially to integral theory was this notion that, uh, which feels right to me, um, just intuitively, it's always felt right to me that... There is sort of the objective realm of, you know, sort of dirt and science and objective things, right? Mm. And then there's the subjective realm of, like, interior feelings and emotions and your soul and and all these things that you, you really, like, you can't really explore it with science other than to sort of reduce it to... Uh, you know, neurons firing or, or this or that or, you know, the mm-hmm. Big Bang and, and, and explaining it through physics or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, it's always felt intuitively right to me that both of these things uh, are true and that you can't really reduce one to the other. You can mm-hmm. try. Um, but really, like, I've always been looking for something of a synthesis between the two notions. I've, I've always felt there's things that, that science just can't, you know, science can't, when I say that I, you know, I love my children, right? I can't, mm-hmm. I, yeah, there are uh, cor- correlative things that happen in my brain when I say right. that or when I feel that, Right. But it's not the same thing as being me, right? I yeah. I think therefore I am, and this you know, and I've always just had a very difficult time um, with the notion of letting that go completely to the extent that some of some of my more hardcore atheistic friends have have apparently been able to do. Hmm. Um, so this is all right up my alley. Like this, <laughs> this is extremely <laughs> extremely fascinating. I think ultimately, like. I love the idea that religion does not have to be in stasis. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there is a lot uh, of value in looking at um, at values. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. most of the uh, of the Western world uh, came up out of Christian values, and Mm -hmm. we tend to forget this. We and we tend to not be self reflective about it. We tend to not meditate on that very much. Um, so, when you throw out the baby with the bathwater, you get a very nihilistic society, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I love the notion that religion can evolve. I, I love the notion that our interpretation of these things can evolve over mm-hmm. time. Um, and it's a very controversial idea amongst both uh, atheists and Christians. You know, mm-hmm. these are not popular ideas, man. So, yeah,
2: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! you're saying we could find common ground. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> I truly,
0: in my heart of hearts, believe that I, you know, I, I love, you know, the work of Joseph Campbell, people who've, you know, uh, Carl Jung, people who've looked at archetypes, looked at how religions are actually, you know, similar and you know, more, they're more alike than they are different. And these things just keep popping up throughout all of human history. And maybe there's something to it. Um, that's always kind of been my sense. And when I see people sort of just arguing about, you know, the, the same, taking the worst example of, say, a religious person, um, um, and then reducing the entire religion to that point of view, has always been nutty to me because... There are people like Micah here who clearly <laughs> uh, have a very, yeah, clearly <laughs> a very different um, orientation. And there's nothing threatening here about anything that he's saying to anything about, you know, modern society that I could, that I can see, you know. So it would be nice if we could all sit down at a t- at the table and be able to have these discussions. And, you know, there's there's an awful lot of people out there that are pretty confused mm-hmm. right now <laughs> about a lot mm-hmm. of things.
1: Yeah, well and and I agree and I I um you know religion is um I, I like to think of religion as like an accelerant or a catalyst or something like it can bring out the best in us or it can bring out the worst in us um and so we often do see you know really destructive religious movements and um but we also see uh really incredible religious movements and so the thing that i don't think works is uh, you know i think there are some people for whom religion is just an entirely unnecessary thing like whatever that part of their brain is that kind of Needs that or relates to that doesn't it doesn't seem like it's there for them as an individual and they're fine um, but for most people in most of society you need something and so what tends to happen is if you. Um, if you just say, if you don't think about it, then what happens is you turn to some kind of destructive religious movement or co- some kind of destructive substitute for a religious movement. Um, and, you know, this is what I worry about w- uh, with our society now, with so many of the movements that we see kind of coming out of you know, just different things like white nationalism and so forth. I think that's people who are hungry for some kind of a, a religious cause to get behind and they can't find one that works. So they find one that's really destructive. Yeah. And I would rather us just all be able to sit down and say, okay, um, you know, some of us are, some of us are kind of on board the religious train and some of us are not, but let's all agree that, you know, um, more productive religious movements are better than less productive. Ones. <laughs> um, I don't know. That might be hard for people to agree on though. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, and the other thing is like,
0: I, you know, I've, I've, I'm not a Bible scholar. Um, but I have read a, you know, a fair bit of the Bible and I've, I've looked over, you know, pretty much everything that Jesus said. And it's always so at odds with, again, though, the way that, um, a lot of, a lot of most, modern Christians you encounter, Sort of interpret uh, sort of like the conclusion uh, you know they come to a conclusion which I think is kind of crazy first of all um, <laughs> you know and, and the fact is a lot of revelation happens to be able to graft to any major cataclysm or crazy thing that society is going through at the time um, yeah. it it just it so happens that this You know, you look around at the world right now and it's everything sucks. And that's kind of the way that things always seem to be. And you can all, you can pretty much always graft that on. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of a it's kind of a dicey, crazy situation right now, which is why I really think we need to be having these conversations. I really think that I don't I don't think you're going to convince all of, you know, Christian America that they need to just turn atheist. And I don't think you're going to convince all atheists that they just need to turn to, you know, turn to Christianity. I really think that there has to be some way for people to have a freaking dialogue again.
1: Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'll say for for Christians, um, I, I think there's um, there's two things that they have to get right to get any of the rest of it right. Um, and, and one is, like, to understand um, that their mission— uh, if they're a Christian is to bless the rest of the world. Um, and they, that's the call of Abraham. So the Abrahamic religions, you know, um, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, and there are a handful of others, um, are are based around the, the call of Abraham to form a people who would bless all the other peoples and who would be defined by their ability to bless all the other peoples. Um, and that's, that's something that, uh, and in, in the new Testament, the uh, apostle Paul calls that the gospel. So that's right at the heart of the Christian faith is like the only reason, you know, that we're supposed to be Christian at all is to bless people who are not Christian. Um, and, If you miss that, then you miss like the entirety and you, you know, you become a, a a force for destruction because you're just kind of like looking out for your own group and, and so forth. And you're not really, um, doing, you know, doing the thing that your religion calls you to, but it's easy to miss that. And then it's easy to get off into, you know, a pretty dark place. I would go to this church. <laughs> if, if the
0: door-to-door people were selling me on everything that you just said, uh, I don't know that I would convert, but I would certainly go. You know? <laughs> All right, we'll sign you up. The Church of Micah. <laughs> uh, because... Yeah, this is ex- this is exactly what needs to be happening. It's just a, a self-reflection of history, a self-reflection on, you know, the place that religion has had in forming society, um, and the importance of science going forward to mm-hmm. our survival, right? And mm-hmm. progress and all these all these things that that are coming down the pike and you know, yeah. even though things seem extremely bad right now, things are kind of getting better. You know, uh Mhm. Like, it's really easy to say things were better in the 1950s, but not if you were black. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it was
1: better for some people relative to some things. But but even then, like, uh, not a lot of people had air conditioning, you know? So that's like... Yeah,
0: mm. and i vote, you know I think that the that the goal should be that we want to maximize you know freedom and good for as many people as possible, right? And yeah, I I'm completely on the same page as you so
2: far. This is very very interesting. I, I sort of have this vague sense that like it's almost surprising that I haven't ended up in a cult. I mean, maybe I have. <laughs> <laughs> we could get into that. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Put a, put a bit in that. We'll circle back. <laughs> but like to my experience growing up and being a young man in my 20s was total isolation an absolute lack of tribe you know i had my family but wasn't really too close to them and had no sense of myself so i wonder if the people who follow a religion in but in a kind of pathological way or a very ethnocentric way or follow sort of atheism in that same way they're kind of the kind of seeking the same kinds of things, which is a sense of certainty and a sense of self and yeah. a sense of future, even if the yep. future is it's the singularity and the robots kill all the humans. That's the <laughs> right, that's yeah. the future I can get behind. That means I don't have to Cars. worry. Yeah, that, the movie Cars. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now let's not. That's a, that's a dark cult right there. <laughs> but I wonder, like, what do you guys think? Is that did something just go wrong in society and all of this like big swaying that's happening right now in all these different directions and this pathology is like kind of part of that
0: so the most optimistic ver- like version of this in me that i have is like i actually think things are going pretty good um as cra- as bad as things <laughs> are you know it- it's like well well who are things you know bad for and you know obviously people are living longer people in general have more freedom there is actually less war in the world now we have this crazy bonker stuff like you know nationalism is on the rise and all this <clears throat> all this crazy nonsense but you know progress in history if there's one thing that you can count on is it's always violent and actually this is the least
2: violent <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean you're you're you are kind of cherry picking your stats there a little bit because Isolation in adults is on the rise You know, like most 50-year-old guys have zero friends Absolutely Depression among teenagers is on the rise as well so it seems like that seems like there is something missing in our sort of in our geography. The here. pendulum
0: certainly friggin swings. And so you, <laughs> what, what, you, what you get out of progress is you get a lot of unintended consequences. So right yeah. now we're dealing with sort of the aftermath of, OK, so, you know, we we've we we have feminism and that's been fantastic for for women and, you know, the Me Too movement and all this stuff. Right. But we have a problem of, you know, children uh, not being raised. For example, right we we're trying to work out how to how to figure that out, and then you've got men who have been awful throughout history uh, and you know they and they're becoming depressed uh, you know and it's like uh, there's just a lot of things going on right now, and all of it sort of makes sense. Um, it's hard to see how how things will will progress, but I you know I honestly I see all of the friction happening right now. As it just
1: sort of it's it's the way that progress has always happened, man. I th- I think um, yeah, I see things similarly. Um, it, it's that you know change disrupts um, stability. And it creates all these new problems we have to solve. And so, um, you know, this is, this is what we're seeing, right? The internet disrupts uh, media, which creates um, the fact that we're now all publishers and now we don't know who to trust and now we have fake news and, and whatever. Like, And we have this incredibly um, intense, you know, kind of social media fallout of the disruption of now we're all connected in a more direct way. And so that's a good thing that leads to all these um new challenges and all these new, you know, kind of bad things we have to learn to overcome in a new way. And I think the same thing has happened with our our systems of meaning um because you know, we've, we've disrupted religion in a really significant way. Um, it's a lot harder to believe in a religion simply, you know, kind of simplistically than it used to be. And it's a lot harder to trust, uh, your religious institutions than it used to be. And, um, and it's a lot harder for them to deliver a sense of meaning and purpose than it used to be. And now we're all much richer as a society. And so we have a lot more time and a lot more resources and our religions haven't given us things to do with those that feel important and significant. We have the privilege of angst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so religion is very much disrupted and we're looking for new things to do with all that kind of religious Energy or what would be religious energy. And we can turn it into, you know, kind of being militant atheists or we can turn it into being kind of middle schoolers in middle America who sign up for ISIS because that seems better than going to the mall, you know, like, um, <laughs> and, um, you know, people are hungry for something to do, to, you know, some kind of future to invest Meaning. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and I think it's just a case of disruption. We've disrupted our traditional religions, they're not kind of working as well as they used to to, so we have to solve that problem, figure out how they can uh, address these kinds of new needs um, in a way that's actually productive to the world and not destructive.
0: Um, because there will probably be uh, a lot of feedback to this episode, and because <laughs> quite, quite a number of people that, I mean, if there's anything about the menu bar audience, it's that it's a very diverse group of people, and I, w- yeah. I want to definitely make sure that we kind of go over this. Um, so why Christianity? Hmm. Why? Why is it that you landed, you know, on Christianity after having, you know, I'm sure you've done a lot of research into other religions and and all of that. So I'd like to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. So why why am I uh, still a Christian, given I guess given all the options available, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, part of it is just—I mean, this is this is where I came from, right? So, um, so I, I can't discount that in terms of if I'm trying to be an objective observer and say, you know, why is it that I ended up here? Sure. Um, you know, we could we could look at it from a lot of different uh, angles, um, but you know, the the thing is that. Um, if I were an outsider to Christianity and I heard most of the things that people kind of advertise about Christianity, I probably wouldn't be, um, that thrilled with the idea. But if I were an outsider to Christianity and I heard, um, you know, that the core, the core message is, um, that, you know, that we, we kind of believe in the core value of, of love as, as the ultimate, Thing that we're all trying to work towards, that we're trying to work towards a future that's good for all life, all that kind of thing. Then I would find that very compelling. Um, and um, and so, yeah. I, I mean, I've considered a lot of different things, and, and I can, I guess we could talk about like the differences. Like, for example, I, I think Buddhism is um, absolutely true um, as a religion. Um, it is it is expressing a true um, sense of the world. Um, and I think Christianity actually agrees with the truth that Buddhism um, talks about, um, but it comes up with a different plan about what to do about it, and um, and so that's a choice ultimately. It's not something right. uh, you can't you can't say that the Buddhist answer is um, the you know, is the wrong one and the right one. It's a valued choice. Um, you know, it's just somebody, you look at the truth of the, of the world, which Buddhism, as I said, I think has the complete corner on the truth of the world. Um, and then you say, okay, so now what are we going to do about it? And Christianity says, um, here's what we should do about it. We should suffer and love and relate to each other in order to make a better world and just be okay with that.
2: I find that idea of, acknowledging that religion is a choice very refreshing because so often people who are talking about these things end with and clearly catholicism is the true interpretation sure there are all these <laughs> other ones here but really we can all agree this is the right one but to kind of acknowledge that well it's kind of just the it's just the one that kind of that you jam with that kind of sort of fits your mm-hmm. rhythm I, I like that a lot there's no question there i'm just uh, talking
1: Well, and, and it's, um, and it's tough because it, um, because what a religion is, is a really complicated thing. Right. And it's hard to kind of boil it down or, you know, make things like that. Um, but I'm also, so I, I mentioned that I grew up, you know, in, in, um, this pretty fundamentalist church. Um, I'm still a member of that church. Um. And, but I'm, I'm in a very different way. Um, But there is something at the root of what they, you know, what they always promoted that really resonates with me. And it's a sort of minimalism. It's, it's like, let's just boil this down to the e- essence of what we need to do and just do that. And that's the opposite of Catholicism, which is like a maximalism, right? Like let's build the biggest buildings and make them the most ornate and, and, you know, do all this art and all that kind of stuff. Keep the biggest secrets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. And, um, and I, um, and that's purely a choice, right? Like, um, I think maximalism, uh, like that aesthetic of, of Catholicism is amazing and wonderful. Um, and I, I love it. Uh, but it's ultimately not kind of where I'm going to land because at my core, I'm kind of a minimalist, um, and just like my faith tradition.
0: I mean, you seem very contemplative and you seem very self-reflective on things. Um, one of the biggest issues that I have talking to Catholics specifically is whenever the issue of, um, you know, uh, pedophilia in the mm. church and whatever comes up, right? And that's mm-hmm. been extremely damaging to the mm-hmm. to the Catholic brand. And the and it's it's fascinating whenever I talk to um, Catholics because they they still to this day in twenty eighteen kind of just pretend it doesn't exist you know Mm -hmm. and like it's not and and like it it didn't happen and also it's not still going on
2: (laughs) it never (laughs) happened and it definitely couldn't happen again Um, right
0: (laughs) yeah and we're not going to really change anything (laughs) um we're going to kind of keep just the status quo of of the power structure and all that and this is this is where i think I think religion can damage itself when it becomes that fundamentalist and in unable to change. Right. Like we're going yeah. through this right now with, uh, modern society and, uh, trying to work out how you even govern, you know, and all, yeah. all these different things, right? Like America's going through quite a thing right now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're, we're quite, we're questioning kind of the underlying principles behind, you know, everything in our entire way of life in a lot of ways and it's it's this sort of culture war um and i think i think ultimately everything in life requires some kind of amount of ability to do reform right Mm -hmm. because you get new information you have a deeper interpretation right um yeah. A, lo- a lot of people treat religion as this static thing that, you know, these are the rules and you never bend these rules. Uh, but <laughs> my sense is very different. I think that there's always a uh, deeper interpretation. There's always more. Right. Because everything yeah. is kind of ultimately a mystery and the mystery is always out in the distance. And that's the thing that you're always kind of heading toward. And that's how that's how you get progress. You know.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's it. But it's um so, you know, a huge institution, um, I think can be a, a, really incredible positive if that huge institution is focused on, um, the kind of transforming future. Um, and what happens is that institutions lose that and then they just get, you know, they very easily lose that and they become just obsessed with protecting themselves. And, yeah. and the problem is, um, there is no point to the institution if all it's doing is protecting itself, right? And so the <laughs> thing that you, the thing that you um, love about you know the your mother church or whatever, um, has been killed if you don't if if you're not um, actually looking beyond protecting the the current uh, status quo. And uh, look at you know moving into the better future. Oh, well,
0: th- th- it just occurs to me this is the very same problem that capitalism faces mm. because you have these companies that get to a certain size. Say, let's let's just use let's beat up on Comcast because nobody likes Comcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, once a company gets to a certain size and it it it, it has sort of um, converted uh, this you know huge number of people or whatever, there's no more growth left to have. Um, yeah. Things get really destructive real fast, and they they just have all this power, and they will do anything to protect that power, you know. Right. And this this is true in religion, and it's also true in capitalism. And I find that connection kind of interesting. It's
1: kind of an idle hand situation, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and if you want to get into some weird territory, oh, um, uh, absolutely, yes, please. <laughs> I mean, this is this is where a lot of the language of you know like casting out. Um, these weird forces comes in you know because what you're talking about is you you know is this institution um being empowered by a spirit uh that's you know life-giving moving forward into the future or has it become essentially like a demonic spirit right and so um and so yeah when it's kind of cultivated into this thing that's just protecting itself just working against any kind of change I I think that's what a lot of that um, language that seems so archaic and so weird to us is really about it's about sociology it's about disrupting systems that have become um, stale and just kind of uh, too internally focused uh, to where they're not um, they're not doing anything. They're not life giving. They're just sucking life out of the world. I don't know if I went just went too far off the reservation. No, from you guys, no, but.
0: no, no, not at all. I mean, uh, I live in archetype and metaphor and and whatnot. And um, I often we all
1: do,
2: Zach.
0: <laughs> right, I, everybody does. And I often, you know, like if my life is going really badly, I'm like I'm going through hell. It right. literally is hell. Right. right it's it's not a question for me that that is actually what hell is when when things are going extremely bad or when things are really good right that it's 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 literally bliss it's literally you know these things that um sound uh kind of hippy dippy woo woo or religious or whatever mm-hmm. um and a lot of it, like, it just comes down to what language you're using. We're all kind of referring to the same stuff, but we're just sort of disagreeing about, about what words we, we use to describe those things. And that's, that's where things are just kind of crazy. It's like, actually, we all pretty much want more or less the same things. We all kind of interpret reality the same way. We're just kind of getting caught up in these nonsense details in a lot of ways.
2: Something which mm-hmm. really clicked with me about six months ago and really opened me up to learning more about all sorts of religions and all sorts of practices is that in any kind of spiritual or religious kind of uh, vocation or or even just like an interest, a hobby, um, really they're all just spokes on a wheel. You enter from a different angle, but it's all kind of ending up in the same place. And that's why when you squint, pretty much every religion looks pretty much the same. Different syntax, (laughs) different angle, but it all sort of boils down to a really pretty basic and beautiful vision of the universe, which is that it's all... One love, basically,
0: well, but that said, i do want I do want to hear more about about why why Micah thinks that um, you know why he has landed on Christianity. I know you already got a little bit into it, but let's hear more about this like sort of plan what do you how do you interpret the the plan uh, for like the call to action and how we actually act these things out mm-hmm. um and what do you see as the future of humanity in a Christian transhumanist
1: context? The big questions tonight. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, to me, you know, I always try to keep things as as simple as possible. And so the, um, the easiest thing for me is just Genesis 1. Um, and, and, like, the entire story, to me, is right there. And what uh, people probably don't realize, Genesis 1 is about—it's um, this really interesting and provocative creation story— um unique because the god that creates the world in genesis 1 is entirely um, nonviolent and um, and is entirely about cultivating life, and so this God goes through and uh, creates new things and sees them and calls them forth and says, "I want to see what you can do." Essentially, and and um, and sees what they they produce and blesses it and names it and categorizes it and is engaged in this constant process of creating and cultivating life, and then creates a being uh, in. God's image right that's the core of what happens in Genesis 1 is I'm going to create another being who is who is just like me and who's going to do the same kinds of things I do this being is going to go out create and cultivate life name and categorize the entirety of the created order go out into the world and draw forth the hidden potential of the physical world Um, and that's what humanity um, was called to do according to the biblical story and the entire story is that um from beginning to end and the the middle is just uh we really screwed it up and started you know being really destructive <laughs> and and killing each other and stuff like that and then it's like oh no okay uh what do we got to do yeah and um and so the whole process from uh from about Genesis 3 on is God working to try to figure out how to get humanity back to doing that job of cultivating the physical universe and making it kind of spring into to vibrant life um and so you know, the Christian answer is that, well, we didn't basically figure out how to do it until Jesus. And then Jesus kind of figured out or not figured out, but knew the answer. Jesus was the answer to what humanity was supposed to be like in order to fulfill its purpose. And so Jesus is humanity 2.0. Um, as the new Testament basically says, it's, it's the, the, humanity started fresh and um and the um uh, apostle paul talks about this as basically saying okay up till now we've basically been the children of god and we were just given rules and handed down all these instructions just like children are and then now it's time for us to grow up and become adults and now as the adult children We take part in the family business and we go out and do this job that we were always supposed to do, not as people who follow rules, but as people who share in what our family is about, which is the original thing, creating and cultivating the life of the universe. And so that's the, that's the end vision, uh, being really abstract, but, um, uh, the biggest vision that the, the new Testament gives is that the entire cosmos, Uh, This is in Romans 8. Uh, Paul says the entire cosmos is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God so that the the cosmos itself can be liberated to join in the freedom and glory of the children of God. So what I'm seeing is like humanity helps the cosmos spring to life. That's the big vision of the, um, of the, the biblical story as I read it. Um, and that's huge, obviously that's really ambitious. (laughs) Um, and, and it'll take a long time. Uh, (laughs) Um, so, you know, in order to get there, we have to avoid blowing ourselves up. Um, we have to, um, figure out how to use, Uh, science and technology for productive purposes to cultivate, you know, the world, the ecosystem and so forth. We have to figure out how to cooperate with each other and not destroy each other. And we have to figure out how, you know, we can help um, cultivate the life of the earth over the next billion years um because you know i don't know if people know this but uh we've only got about a billion years left on the, the planet before uh <laughs> the sun the sun burns us up so <laughs> if we, if uh if we want to get beyond that um by any chance then we're going to have to kind of step up and start doing our jobs of, of helping, you know, kind of protect the rest of life. So that was probably way bigger than, than you were looking for, but. No, that's about right. This is about exactly the (laughs) size. Too small, if anything.
0: Yeah. A little small, honestly. Uh, No, it's, it's actually fantastic. And, uh, I find myself just nodding my head in total agreement with you. This is why I wanted to have you on the show, because, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to show uh, people that there are <laughs> there are Christians out there who are non-threatening and have a pretty cool uh, way of thinking about this stuff, you know, and... Yeah. I think a lot of our audience is probably fairly atheistic. And, you know, if this just gets people thinking a little bit, um, then I think that's great. A bit of woo-woo goes a long way. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I have, I, for my indulgence, I have a question for you.
1: Yeah.
2: Zach, this entire show is an indulgence. <laughs> it
1: really is.
0: So uh, what did you think of the film Noah?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so By Dar- thought-
0: Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It kind of lost me... Um, Along the way, I really liked the premise because he is seeing a lot of um, you know kind of interesting idea like Noah as a radical vegan like that kind of makes sense Um, yeah and um, and er, you know uh, Noah is actually an incredible Bible story for um, the kind of stuff that I'm talking about because it's exactly the the Christian transhumanist um, worldview basically in one story which is that um you know god put humanity here to protect the rest of life from uh, existential disasters and um and so when existential disasters come our way um then god calls humanity to build technology to protect the rest of life right and um and that's what noah is noah builds this huge technological artifact to to save and preserve the life of the world see everybody this is a technology show see (laughs) there you go (laughs) um and i think it's so interesting because that's like that's the 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 bible's story of redemption that's what redemption is in the biblical story it's all based on this story of noah um and and using technology to say to save life um and but it you know and that's one of the earliest stories they teach kids in sunday school um but uh but yeah so anyway uh, that's a little bit off the off the te- the point um i he you know noah kind of turns to the dark side for a while there yeah and um, <laughs> it's definitely a very
0: like liberal interpretation
1: <laughs> yeah and um I, you know i don't know i mean uh, it's really interesting. I I thought it was really well done and really provocative. And I thought it dealt with themes better than like a lot of Christians kind of would acknowledge probably watching it. Um, and, and one thing it has in common with the Bible, the Bible is that, um, the Bible doesn't ever show us perfect heroes. Every single, every single hero, it shows us, it shows us their dark side. Um, and, it, it helps us to see that, oh, they're not perfect. They're actually pretty, pretty flawed and, and so forth. Um, and that's, that's so different. You know, it's like history is written by the winners, but the Bible's kind of written by the losers. Um, who are <laughs> like, uh, those, those guys were not so great actually. Um, and, and that's one of the great things about, uh, the biblical story is it's actually so much more interesting and, uh, and subversive than we maybe tend to think.
0: Yeah, I mean, the reason I bring the movie up at all is just because. So we've got we've got you know you a a Christian transhumanist on, and what's interesting to me about Darren Aronofsky's sort of worldview, he's made a few films uh, that have kind of skirted along um, spiritual realm, and he's a self-proclaimed atheist. Yeah, and he has some of the most fascinating, beautiful, deep interpretations of uh, spiritual ideas that I've ever seen in in the movie The Fountain and also mm-hmm. in Noah Um, you know, uh, in Noah, my, my favorite thing is just the scene where, um, Noah is going over basically creation and he juxtaposes it with images of evolution of, you know, of, well, actually starting, yeah, like starting at the big bang evolution, dinosaurs, the whole shebang going through human history, the violence it even goes into the future a little bit into like the Iraq war and stuff. I was like, Mm -hmm. Whoa, this is some (laughs) crazy stuff. Yeah. And. Just the idea that that there's this, you know, this atheist filmmaker out there who this was a passion project for him. He was deeply interested in making this film, uh, you know, about, you know, the Bible. And I just, yeah. this is the kind of cross dialogue that I, I wish that we had more of. I wish we had more people like you. I wish we had more people like Darren Aronofsky. And I think we can, you know, sit down at a table and have just extraordinary conversations about this stuff.
1: Well, you know, the, this is the thing. You know, the the Bible was written over, um, you know, eons of time, right? Like these collected these collected stories and so forth, and um, and it's it's powerful um, because it's powerful. You know, it's it's like this whole slice of of literature from deep in humanities. Um, history and of course it's it's powerful of course it resonates and i think because we kind of package it as a religious um tract you know and and mm. put it in a uh you know in your hotel room drawer or whatever like we kind of <laughs> lose lose the sense of like oh man you know this is um this was handed down for thousands of years like and only recently did we collect it together you know and and yeah make it a book, um, and then brand it and, um, you know, and exclusively distribute it in, in these places or whatever. It, it, it's, uh, it makes total sense for people of all kinds of traditions, um, and perspectives to engage with it.
0: Yeah. We've got this problem right now where frankly, like this episode of this show and movies like Noah and people like you kind of have a tendency to, uh, make no one happy. Right. Because, That's my goal here. The movie Noah wasn't uh, didn't adhere strictly enough to the Bible for, for a lot of Christians to be happy with it. So yeah. it was sort of derided. And then for atheists, they're just like, well, what the heck is this? You know, this, <laughs> right. this is just some Bible nonsense. And it's like... You know, and then you got like this episode of the show, where a technology show. Here we are talking about religion. Um, <laughs> you know, but this is this is the kind of conversations that I think that we just absolutely—it's—it's it's crucial to the future. I think, yeah, uh, yeah. I just you know that's that's ultimately my hope here is I just I want to get get people thinking a little bit differently about this stuff. You don't have to convert. You don't have to do anything. You just I just want people to think.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, this is the thing I I talk about a lot um, uh, because, you know, there's this kind of Silicon Valley world of of um, billionaires who are pushing transhumanist projects forward. um, And um, and then there are billions of religious people in the world. Right. And these two worlds are typically not. Communicating, and and I think this is a problem. Our if our future is being determined by um, a set of conversations that don't include the majority of human experience. Um, that's just a, that's a problem. And, and so, yeah, it's not the, that, um, and, and so when I engage in transhumanist conversations, I'm not dropping in and saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm here to tell you what to do. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm coming in and, um, I'm, I'm trying to create a bridge for those conversations to happen because I think it's just, it's not a good future if we're not all engaged in those conversations together. Um, and yeah, I think it's incredibly important More important than we realize
0: well, I think you're doing really incredible work You know, people that are trying to build bridges Tend to also take the most heat in the middle so um, you, ha-
1: you
2: have two supporters here We'll help you take it <laughs> uh, Awesome, absolutely, awesome. <laughs> absolutely. May I ask our final question And then maybe we can uh, call it a show? Yeah uh, Aliens, yay or nay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, are you asking me? Um, yes <laughs> Sorry, I realized that wasn't very clear yeah. So, um, the, it, it depends on your definition because, um, de, you know, as, as a Christian, I pretty much have to say in some definitions, yes, there are aliens. There are other beings beyond, um, beyond humanity. Uh, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they're like. Um, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be some, somebody, or at least that's what I, that's what I choose to, to act on. Um, whether you know I, I doubt that those look like the grays or whatever or the the, the uh alien autopsy um that fox oh, put out man. in the night <laughs> um, thats <Zach's> religion <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I'm kind of skeptical of our ideas about uh, about other extraterrestrial beings. But... There is
0: 21, million, $21 trillion missing in the Department of Defense <laughs> over <laughs> the last 20 years. It's all I'm trying to say.
2: This conversation <laughs> has really demonstrated to me that we never really escape our childhood. Zach was raised on conspiracy <laughs> theories. That still that's still the right, underpinning. That's right. Mike is a yep. Christian, and I'm still ultimately yep. an atheist who's got some layers of woo-woo on top. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you
1: go. There's your takeaway.
0: (laughs) Um, It's been great having you on, Micah. You have a show. You have a really great uh, podcast, actually. Oh, thank you. um, Called the Christian Transhumanist Podcast. I think everyone should Mm -hmm. go and subscribe. Um, Do you have anything else that you'd like to, to plug here?
1: Yeah, um, just um, so I would say, yeah, our, the Christian Transhumanist Podcast, uh, the Christian Transhumanist Association, um, which is just ChristianTranshumanism.org. dot org. Oh,
0: one thing, real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. You've, uh, you've which what guests have you had on on the tra- Christian Transhumanist Podcast? Because I think some people will be surprised by some of the guests that you've had.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, so I would have to go and look. I noticed that you guys had had Robin Hanson. Um, that's uh, he's been on my podcast. Um, right. We've had. Um, Oh, I'm I'm gonna blank. Um, sorry, Kevin Kelly. Yep, Kevin Kelly, Aubrey de Grey. Which that's uh, that, that that's honestly what got me
0: into into you. I was like,
1: really, Christian? Uh, <laughs>
0: Kevin Kelly on this is gonna be freaking interesting. And that's that's yeah. actually how I started started like yeah, reading your tweets and getting really interested in your whole worldview.
1: Oh well, yeah, cool. Yeah, and that was that was great um, great interview. We also had David Deutsch, who's a quantum um, computer. David Deutsch. That's an.
0: I want to get him on the show. Andrew we got to make this happen.
1: He's great. Um <laughs> it will be done. And um yeah, I'm trying to trying to think uh we got we have had some very interesting people, some crazy people, um all, all kinds of stuff. It's
0: a great show. It's 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 kind of it's a little bit like the menu bar in that you kind of <laughs> you kind
1: of go all over the place and I think it's great. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, we try to cultivate an open conversation and kind of welcome people into that. Um, and, um, there are, there's, you know, there are thousands of other people who are engaging in, in these kinds of questions, um, at least so, you know, get, get plugged into it. It's, you know, you don't have to, um, just you know it doesn't have to be like lone voices crying in the wilderness or something you know <laughs> we're, we're trying to create a community around having these kind of conversations and um and yeah to to make it really happen because i think i think it really it really is significant it really is important
0: we're on the same page man cool. <laughs> keep doing good work cool thanks all right have a great night and uh cheers cheers